Oh boy, here we are once again in the laboratory for another episode of On the Bench with Beaks. I am your humble host, Mr. Cody Beekman. With me as always is Keith Zanders. Hello everyone. And Ross Bormeyer. Hey guys. Today we're joined by a special guest, a good buddy of ours, uh, Daniel. Daniel, you want to say what's up, buddy? How's it going, eh? Oh, there you go. <laughs> Uh, already, already with the Canada stuff. Well, uh, happy which, Canada Day, yeah, everybody. Yeah, exactly. Which le- leads me into my next subject. Happy Canada Day. <laughs> oh, we're proud Canadians. You know, barbecue, watch TSN, and drink a bunch of beer. So, um, Daniel, talk to me about some of your uh, past Canada days. I. Uh... You know, our our country turned 150 a couple of years ago, and that was a big one for us. You don't remember it because that's just the way Canada is. We do things and no one remembers that we do them. Uh, that was a lot of fun, though. Like, it was a big thing for us to be able to celebrate that. And there was a lot of people that went to the capital, uh, which isn't Toronto for everyone else listening. It's Ottawa. And shout out to Cody wearing the... Centennial jersey, that's that's pretty dope. I, I had to wear the Ottawa Senators jersey, man. I mean, <laughs> it's Canada Day. I mean, our Canada Days are a lot like Americans in the sense, like, we like our fireworks and stuff like that, and um, we like our beer and our barbecues and things like that. And uh, growing up in Canada, in Toronto, that's what I remember a lot. And then when I was older and started getting more into understanding like the business side of the NHL, it was kind of neat to see uh, free agent day kind of become like the second great part of Canada day <laughs> now in my, in my short existence here on earth. So it's kind of cool to have the barbecue and also Bob McKenzie and uh, Pierre Maguire and all those, all those crazy guys, James Duthie and stuff like that. Jeez. Nick Kiprios. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like you get a buy one, get one free. Two of the best things in the world, you know? It's great. Barbecue and hockey. <laughs> it's fantastic. I'm not going to lie. We love it. So this year's a little different. So it feels good to be sitting here drinking brews, talking to you guys about hockey. That's the next best thing for me, if not, if not my new favorite. So thanks for having me. Nice. No well, boys, we've got a we got a pretty big show going on here today. I mean, we've got more uh, more news coming out of Phase Two about COVID testing. We've got the, we've got the draft lottery to talk about, and I think everybody's uh, really kind of itching at the bit to talk about that. I mean, Buffalo and also Buffalo's imploding, and uh, Keith Keith is Keith is just looking at that. He's like, "Yes, I, I, I'm I'm just drooling to talk about that." He's just itching. And uh, we've got some, uh, we've got, we do have some naming news in uh, the unknown Seattle, the Seattle unknowns, but it's not as great as you think. So let's get into it with uh, Hockey Day history. And as per usual, we like to uh, ask the guests to go first. So uh, Danny, what you got there, buddy? Uh, Thanks, guys. I mean... Uh, I kind of have told how it's my personal history on, on this day through the years. So, I mean, I'll throw one back at you. That's more about here in Denver now, which is uh, sometime in the 90s or late 2000s, was it? The Nordiques. 95. Uh, 95, 95 yeah, yeah. The Nordiques announced that they were coming here to Denver. And, boy, that must 
That must have hurt a lot of Quebec fans and the Quebecois, but yeah. I know it made a lot of people here in Denver really happy, and I'm sure you guys are no exception to that. I think so. you're per- you are yep. literally looking at three people that were like, you know, best so- decision ever. Sorry, Quebec, but uh, well, it's our team now. Yeah, we that was probably a pretty shitty Canada Day for uh, I mean, the, the the Quebecois. It's it's like please just suck for a few years before you go ahead and win a championship and just rub it back at us, you right. know. Oh. Not to take anything away from that. That was amazing what that must have done for people like being like, "Wait, what's this hockey sport all about?" Whoa, it's a huge deal. I think that's I think that's great for the game, you know. I think that really like completely cemented, you know, hockey in Denver because I mean, we had the Colorado Rockies which just sucked for yep. so long. Yep. Well, or, well no, not very long, but I mean, sucked for like the uh the time that they were here. And then a little fun fact, that's probably the second championship that Denver saw back to back. That's true. Uh, I was, Cup. I was, yeah, I was Turner waiting Cup. for oh, you to their, hop yeah, in on this. In their this. one year, yeah, they right? won the Denver Grizzlies. They won it back to back between Denver and Utah, but that was the first championship that was not celebrated. They were literally like gone, like thieves in the night. That's they were crazy. here and just gone. No parade, nothing. It was like, hey, Denver, we won a championship, but we're going to move to Utah instead. Yeah. So peace. Yep, and that was right when the Colorado Ab- or. Colorado Avalanche were here. <laughs> Ross is looking at me with these like like he's sitting in front of Bernie on the wall and it's like sad puppy eyes. He's like, I didn't get my parade and no. I'm really sad about it. <laughs> we went to so many of those games too. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, bud. Oh well. <laughs> some some good, some wah, bad. Wah, you know? Alright, Keats. Let's keep this uh, gravy train with biscuit wheels ro- rolling. What do you got there, buddy? Sweet, man. So I'm going to go to actually July 3rd, uh, 2003. The Dallas Stars named Mike Madonna their new captain, replacing uh, Darian Hatcher, who then signed as a free agent with uh, the Detroit Dead Wings. I mean, Red Wings. Oh, oh, oh uh, uh, cough, sorry. cough, cough, cough. <laughs> Not soon enough. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, we we uh, we we definitely put a lot of pressure on those Red Wings. Right over here. Um. Well, you know, Mike Bonanno. I mean, it, uh, if we were going to talk about USA hockey, he is the face. He yeah. is. Uh, we we've we've covered Madonna. Yeah. A couple we, episodes. We've talked about him a, a little bit here yeah. and there. It, it, between him and like Brett Hull, those are like, you know the most known u.s born players that were predominant in oh above all yeah. for sure yeah. and i mean you uh if you ever got the chance to watch him play you always see that super loose jersey just oh, flying in yeah. the wind flying no. up the wing just <laughs> it's like watching mud flaps just, you know on a truck or something just that you know, <laughs> that was my that was my michael winslow impersonate uh, winslow impersonation <laughs> I think uh, I think I'll just stick to podcasting voice. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, I mean Mike Mike Badano, huge huge name, and I, I mean it was kind of crazy because you know I mean the Avs played against the Dallas Stars so much, and and um, I always hated Mike Badano because he always found a way to really just stick really it to st- us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get it in there. And so when he went to the Red Wings, it was like yeah, that's that sounds pretty. Uh, that sounds pretty right. I hate the guy. He's going to my most hated team. Yeah. Good riddance. He's from Michigan, right? So it was yeah. like yep. 
I want to try to maybe win one, you know, closer to home, I guess. Yeah. I don't think, though, that even, like, he was a free agent, and I don't even think, like, Dallas made a concentrated effort to keep him or... No. That, w- that was the weird thing about it, was, like, seriously, he wants to play one more year. Like, this guy, give him whatever Joe Thornton-type contract he he deserves, you know? Yeah. Um, he moved from Minnesota to Dallas and captained your team, and... I mean, I don't know. the most, but probably weird. without a doubt, one of the most beloved Dallas stars for sure. Oh, easily. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, he still had his last year in, in Detroit. That was pretty weird for that one year. Still saw the uh, jersey flap, flap, flapping in the wind. <laughs> that's when that's when Detroit was buying players, man. Oh, they, yeah. They oh, yeah. had a lot of guys that were just on, like, quick deals to kind of come in sometimes near the end of their careers just to kind of help. So Madonna wasn't kind of the exception more like, yeah, it was like Detroit. It, like I think at that point had won like, or had won some cups, but also like consecutively been in the playoffs for like 15 oh yeah. ish well, plus years or something. Yeah. So. That was kind of the era where, you know, Marion Hudson was like jumping from each oh, team to win the Stanley two cup straight. And yeah. He, and then he finally wins one. But yeah. yeah, he's like hopping around to like every team that lost in the Stanley cup finals. Wasn't that as my dad would call him the mule. Johan Franzen was playing for him. Oh yeah. 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 Franzen was playing. I mean, he was, a, he was a huge part of that team for a while. Oh yeah. And I mean, Daniel Alfredson even did it like oh, Mike yeah. Badano. That's Daniel it. Alfredson. There you go. I was, you know, um, I mean, I'm, I'm like a closet, uh, Ottawa senators fan. And I mean, you know me, I love my Swedish players and Danny Alfredson was always like, a, a a big fan of mine. And when I saw that, I was just like, when he, uh, when he signed with Detroit, I'm like, Oh, Danny, Alfie, 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 but uh, um, it did give me like a little bit of hope that he would have uh, like at least Win. won a Stanley Cup. Because yeah. I mean, just uh, just like uh, his uh, another great Swede before him, Matt Sundin. Man's looking for a cup. Those are some great players that have never uh, actually won a cup. And I mean, definitely Danny. I would have loved to see him. Uh, I'll go all the way, but. I mean, yeah, uh, Detroit was definitely wheeling and dealing at that time. They were just trying anything at, at that point. Yep. And then that Sundin, you know, he went to the Canucks on that, you know, like, oh, no, I'm a free agent. And then they just signed him for, like, $10 million or something. Like, <laughs> it's like, sure, I'll, I'll take that amount of money. And that's how much cap space you have. And, sure, I'll, I'll take it. I was yeah. like, you're way better than this Mark Messier situation we had before, but it's also kind of weird. And it just, he never looked right in that, in that uniform, but I'll never disrespect that man. Like that guy played his heart out and hard his whole career. Oh, you know? absolutely. He did not like his, his name always got thrown under the bus or brought up in trades and Toronto's a hard place to play in. Oh know? yeah. And people, I remember people being like, you should just go and, be traded when we suck this year at the deadline and then we'll sign you again in the off season and it's like right because he's not a person with a like a family and likes the city that he's already in playing for you guys like only been here for almost 10 yeah, years something right. weird like that <laughs> all right well that's a uh that's another hole we can dig into a little bit more there's uh, a lot of holes we, we always dig in we, we always go on these tangents, but we're I like puppies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like you, hey Ooh, man, squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All 
All right, Ross. <laughs> uh, Speaking of that squirrel, what squirrel do you see? Well, the squirrel that I see is uh, July 1st in 2000, the Mighty Ducks Anaheim sign free agent Yermain Titoff. I think I'm saying that correctly. Titoff. Yermain Titoff. Way to yeah. get creative and go with a non-Ducks history-related situation. Uh, wow. It's I, I, I'm wearing a <laughs> Korea fired. jersey. I mean, <laughs> jeebus. <laughs> Uh, it's basically like shooting ducks. Yeah. Oh <laughs> wow. No. Just another no. hockey. Uh, just another. Bernie ducks. on the wall is now laughing. He's no longer sad puppy eyes. He's laughing at you like the duck hunt. Mm, probably. Know? Oh yeah. I mean, he's probably got a couple uh, dead ducks in his. Oh uh, no, he's giving me so much hell because I've got like we've got season tickets. And I'll wear my Ducks stuff to the Ducks games. And You're he that always just razzes, like, razzes me to no end. Fun like, fact, the uh, last time he did that, he broke his foot. So the whole Ryan, not broke my foot. Oh, but, he, yeah. Oh, you were out of work for like six months. Oh, yeah. Easily. You, you probably broke it. I don't care. But <laughs> hey, man. You, you did it in some Ducks jersey. And I, and I, and I was He was happy like, about it. And so was everybody else for oh, some yeah. reason. <laughs> so, Cody, I'll tell you this right now. If we happen to go to a Ducks game, whenever we can go watch games again, I'm wearing this Goldberg jersey. I mean, my <laughs> man. I'll tell you. I am <laughs> definitely bringing the. NES goal, like orange and gray controller <laughs> for the duck hunt. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, sure. yes. Yeah, you, you could uh, you can have him put it like in his uh in his in his pants. Yeah, yeah he's got the duck. Uh, but uh, no, I mean that uh, I got to say I mean for, you know, $50 American. <laughs> this Daniel. jersey's fucking uh, fire. like 10,000 Canadian tire dollars. I mean, it's a it's a mint jersey. I I'll tell you that right now. It just randomly popped up on my Amazon. I laughed and I was like, I'm getting it. I'm buying it. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh. I mean, that's not a springboard for talking about what little it takes to buy a jersey, but like it's mental gymnastics all the time, guys. It was like, like uh, this was just like instant like childhood memories, you know. Oh, sure. You sure. have to. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> Especially me being a goalie, like oh, you got to rock the Goldberg, even though he's like a meth head now. I heard. <laughs> well, I think no, he's that, actually he's in recovery. In corner, yeah, I heard, I heard he's in recovery. Good for him. Yeah, well, I hey, hope man. so. Hey Goldberg, if that was a cheeseburger, I bet you'd stop, stop. it. <laughs> <laughs> More like if it was a meth rock, you'd stop it. <laughs> oh, ouch! <laughs> Shots fired. Oh God! We All right, here's to grab a, he, the here, here, here's another hole we're digging into, boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's right. move on. <laughs> All right, here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna rock mine and like let's hope we get get through it, you know, without any uh, dead soldiers along the way. Uh, so uh, July first, 1966, groundbreaking took place in Inglewood, California, the future home of the Forum and the Los Angeles Kings. The Forum had had its grand opening on December 30th, 1967. Oh, yeah, I'm just getting just like the ugliest. I, li- I like how you look what? right at me as I look <laughs> up at you while you're reading yours. You didn't say the LA Forum, did you? Oh, yeah, the Forum. Oh, yeah. That's a that's still going to this day, that stadium, right? Uh, I mean, uh, as long as... From what I know, they do like Barnum and Bailey's and stuff like that. Yeah. Because Barn- it's, an, it's an indoor arena. Mm-hmm. The King, yeah. But I don't know what else they do out of there. I have no idea. Is that where the Kings used to play then? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the old uh, gold and purple jersey Kings. Yep. Yeah. Some stunning stuff. Some, Some Dijon st- for Dion right oh, there. Dude. Oh, dude. Mm. Absolutely. You got one of those in your collection? 
Uh, Marcel Dion, no, actually, your your dad and I were talking about that the other day too. No, I'm not. I'm more talking about the mustard color. No, those are so expensive. Uh, I mean, if uh, any of you loving listeners want to get me one, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I I wish I would. I would. Lo- I would love. Now Cody's one of those. making puppy dog eyes at me. Peace, like I, peace. Like I've got some inside scoop on this. Or something. Well, anyways, uh, <laughs> b- before I get any more desperate. Um, Beauty Hockey Day in history, gentlemen. Thank you. All yeah. right, so let's move on to more uh, pressing news, more uh, now news. Uh, we're talking about the Phase 2 testings that have been going on for the last week. So as of Monday, June 29th, the NHL has had an excessive, an excess of 20 players report to club training practice facilities for optional participation in Phase 2, you know, return to hockey. So, out of those 250 players, a total confirm of 15 players were confirmed for COVID. That's not too bad, right? No. Uh, I'm, I mean, you're on the lower end. It's so. almost double now. I think it's 26. Well, uh, so that, I think I think they're adding in the uh, the total of 11 players that were already like confirmed. Thank you. Yeah, that that's what I was my second point actually. Yeah, so like uh, we're at a grand total of like 26 players right now confirmed for COVID. I mean, 26 players out of what um, 361 players are 261 players. And these are mainly all the guys overseas. Yeah, returning back from wherever yeah. from from wherever the hints they hailed, you know. So, um, yeah, and so what we're going to do, um, they're obviously in self-isolation until then. Um, hopefully, uh, there's been some talk, you know, uh, this is kind of what I, how I feel about it is that, you know, once they actually get to like, once a hub city is named, it might, you know, it might go down a little bit cause you will be just along with the players, obviously daily testings and, um, it's going to be the strictest of protocols. I think. That might go down. Let's hope it goes down because, I mean, if we have any hope for playing July 31st, what else are you going to do? Right. Well, and you don't want to be like Karen Bieksa. I mean, Kevin Bieksa and just be a Debbie Downer. You said that the just sit and just wait throughout summer. Hockey's going to be back next season. Speaking of hub cities, too, though, um, I know Vegas was like a huge one that they were really, you know, kind of keeping an eye on. and uh, But now from the sounds of it, not so much anymore. No. Uh, cases are going up, and now they're leading more towards Canada, right? Uh, Edmonton and Toronto, right? That's right. Yeah. Well, oh, I mean, didn't we discuss this, that they should go to nowhere, Canada? Yeah, like none of it. <laughs> or oh, none of it. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's sad that it's literally called none of it. Well, you got That's none of it up there. That's true. It's like. Just remember this, guys. When the fresh water supply runs out in your country, we've got 80% of it locked up in ice up there. So you got some of it up in none of it. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. Thank you, folks. Uh, The creative juices are flowing. Oh, absolutely. Thank thank God for Moosehead. Hey, but going back to these hub cities, what's crazy about that is uh, these hub cities are never locked in in stone. You know, like... For example, Vegas sounded like so again so promising. Right. Like, yeah, Vegas is going to be it, and then like boom. So who's there to say that you know Edmonton and Toronto uh, is not a thing by next week because you know there were twenty 
positive cases out of there or something weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, kind of yeah. like the whole Tampa Bay situation right now. Oh, yeah. That we're talking about. They What what did they do? They shut down the rinks and everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, here, here in Colorado, I mean, that was the same thing. It was the safer at home kind of thing where everybody's, like, you know, uh, getting out a little bit more. And now, now, I mean, the governor's, like, saying, well, we're going back to closing down, you know, if, if, uh, if you don't serve food. food then you're going back to a shutdown. You know, yeah. it, there's the thing is, is that like you could pretty much just throw your hands up in the air and yeah. whatever and if anything lands, that's where you go from there. I guess my concern with oh, this whole situation would be like what if something like this happens like mid-season? You know, what 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 kind of plan do these guys have for something like that? Um yeah. so say um I actually had a conversation with my mom about this earlier over lunch today. So say we're uh, in her words, you know, say we're in the finals. They say it's like Colorado and the Capitals. Um, you end up, you know, they, they're doing these daily testings, whatever. For whatever reason, you have two of your lines that test it all positive. What do you do? Do you forfeit? Because you can't pull up. I mean, you can pull up up to certain players up from the AHL. I think it's what, like 10 or something? Yeah. I, I think, it, uh, yeah, like the roster, I think it's been updated to like 50. 50 players I, I i don't um don't uh quote me on that but i believe it's uh 50 players so that's that's actually that's a little bit more than actually a starting lineup but what happens if um yeah what happens if a lot of these players test positive you know that's a good question i mean chances i it's this is probably like way like you know worst case scenario but but it's always it, it always is like a what if you know um, what what kind of plan? What what can they do for these teams? You know that that could run into a situation like that. It's but like sorry. I mean, the other thing to think about as a as an analogy to normal times in the NHL would be like, so does Sidney Crosby get the same length of suspension as a fourth line player for the same infraction? And it's like people talk about this kind of debate all the time of like, oh, well, if it happens to a star player, they don't like their star players being off the ice for a long time, you know? Yeah. And where my point is going here is like, what's going to be the star player, and I'm using air quotes here, that is like the breaking point of actually maybe this wasn't a good idea to bring this back because now Sidney Crosby's the one that has COVID. You oh, know, yeah. instead yeah. of the fourth line player. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, that wasn't ooh, that's that's not good for our game uh, no. in, in a in a different way that he's off the ice, you know? But I, know. I mean, it's also like I think one of the first like confirmed cases, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, um and yeah, it was like Austin Matthews, I think is what what it was. Yeah, yeah, a couple weeks ago he got uh, he tested positive for yeah. COVID. So I mean, that's a huge player right yeah. there. So I mean, it brings a whole new meaning to the reserve right <laughs> roster spot, eh? They well, should ca- make they should make a COVID rule then. I'm you know? sure, like in all of these situations, there's got to be a different call up scenario, and well, I and don't know. You would think, right? You would hope so, because all these guys are probably sitting at home from the Eagles and everything, because they yeah. haven't played in they canceled well, yeah, their a, season a while yeah, ago. Yeah. They, yeah. they canceled their season before the playoffs even got started and everything. So, and 
to mention uh, for the old people that have tested positive too, obviously there's certain players that like actually came out like, yeah, it's me that has it. But there's like, you know, 20 some more that were like, no, nah, just tell them that someone from Pittsburgh or whatever, yeah, I tested positive. For all of we know, it could be a Crosby or, yeah, you know. And I think that might be more like uh, like medical privacy. Like it's up to the player if they want to admit that they're yeah. the one that gets it. I mean, versus you, like what they can release. It's almost like you say HIPAA, right. in a way. You know, yeah. I mean, if 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 the guy is like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Like, yeah, it's me. But yeah, I mean, I mean, there's there's a lot, you know, that comes to that. So it's not to be a Debbie Downer or anything, but it's a little bit of a concern, you know. No, like that, that's that's a well, very... like what is the, what is this? Man, could you could you imagine those conspiracy theorist people too? Where it's like, I wonder if Jordan's flu game was really a flu game, right? And if any of you watched like the rest of us sports starved people during COVID, the last <laughs> game, like he admits yes, that sir. he thinks it was from like some weird pizza he got in a hotel room in Utah, and it's like, damn, I hope people don't try to do that with COVID, like. Uh, no. Oh God! Right? Well, like, I mean, should I have not said that? Would that be just a weird idea to put out there? I, you know, honestly, it's weird, right? People out there that I, I, I wouldn't put it past him. I would not put it past him. I mean, any any sort of time, you know, like uh, whoever doesn't win or you know is on the losing side, they're looking for any little bit to just be like, well, this is what really happened. I mean, there was so much more from the backgrounds, and I guarantee you, this guy actually blah 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 or this guy blah 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 or this guy had money on blah blah you know so yeah you're gonna get those guys out there i mean even when uh even when we uh we were starting to talk about having the nhl come back there there's been several people that have voiced their opinions saying oh i don't want the nhl to come back for you know whatever reasons and stuff so everyone's gonna have an opinion about it just which way you take it really yeah that's a good. I mean, yeah, that's a here, good here. It. Yeah, no, I'd rather be excited for the NHL to come back than, you know, a Debbie Downer where it's just for sure. Like, oh, absolutely, yeah. Oh, where but, it's like, oh, they should just cancel the season because they want revenue. It's like, no, it's actually to keep the sport going because, really, hockey players don't make that much. It like you have the NBA, NFL, like soccer. Those are multi-billion-dollar corporations, basically in a sense. Oh yeah. And like hockey, they make some money, but if, what? yeah, no, if you, yeah, like you said, Ross, like if you compare it to like an MLB or something, oh, it's like, oh, they, God, let's not uh, even get into those. Right. No, no, no. That, that's why I said it. Cause that's a good, good example right there. I mean, can the I amount give you of money. a good example of that? So there's like this, there's these guys that between how much a pitcher gets paid and how much, a batter gets paid. If you intentionally walk that person, it's like a $50,000 at bat between how much that pitcher gets paid and how much that batter gets paid to at each game per at bat he makes off of making $30 million a year, right? And playing 162 games and averaging four at bats per game. If you intentionally walk that person, that's $50,000 of Manny Machado money right there. Wow. Jesus. That's crazy, man. But, yeah, that's just nuts. I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. But 
to not only like we need it back because the players are undervalued. And I know, uh, Keats, you've mentioned before, like Krastich was the highest paid Latvian until uh, a sub-average basketball player came along, right? Something like that? Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, Man, like... And he made more money even though he wasn't all that good. And that's the disparity of the sport. But we need hockey back, you know, just because I think we all just want sport back. You know, oh, yeah. we need something to be happy and 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 good about you know oh yeah well, i mean you gotta look at it like this i mean everybody's just getting so mad at everything i mean uh even even some days you know i'll just wake up and you know i'm already mad <laughs> you know i'm like i didn't why like, are you so mad nobody well, no, no, nobody even said anything to me i'm like i'm just fucking pissed and I, i've been trying to think about why and i'm like well Let's uh, count the days since the last time I seen a hockey game. Yeah, you know, uh, it's like it's at some point, you know, you, you might uh, obviously a lot of these a lot of these guys that are you know maybe pessimists or something, they'll be like, well, you only, you only watch sports is to to you know to, to blind yourself from what's really going on out in the world. I'm right. like, well, did, well, dude, maybe I just really enjoy it. Who gives a shit? You know. Right. Well, and well. But, yeah, you don't want to be a pessimist or an optometrist, as Ricky would say, for a Canadian <laughs> buddy over here. <laughs> Worst case, Ontario. We, we are in 2020. A, yeah. Worst case, Ontario, you're an uh, optometrist. Uh, oh, man. But yeah, man. I mean. Uh, I mean, and so, I mean, let's. All I got to say is let's hope everything goes uphill. We'll see what happens. Absolutely. I'm sure there will be more coming out in the next upcoming weeks about this stuff. So, Well, you know. If there is, we'll talk about it. Oh, we'll, we'll give our shit. We have a CBA to look forward to, hopefully. That's true. Know. I've uh, there's There has been some uh, word about a, a new CBA that will uh, have, like, uh, COVID-19-like uh, stipulations built into it, so that's that's also a very good thing to look at, because I don't know if you guys remember, we actually uh, they uh, the league and the NHLPA gr- agreed on a, a pretty awesome CBA agreement right before the league shut down, and now this happened, so that's like that's a whole nother bucket of uh, worms we gotta you know dig through. So um, as soon as we find out more about that, we'll definitely have that on as well. Because that's big. I mean, that's oh, going to yeah. be huge. That's going to be way be huge. great. All right. So next thing you know, um, as as we all know, as maybe some of you might not know, let's hope you do, um, the draft lottery was just held not too long ago. Woo! Oh, How my. many mad people are about so, that whole situation? Me. You know, <laughs> like it gets to the Who's point. Who's happy about the situation? Where, where, where no it gets one. down to it. Yeah. It's like it, it, it's getting to the point where it's like, is this shit rigged? You know, I'm I'm nodding. Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's no, weird. They, they can't see you, Daniel. Yeah, they can't no, see they you. Can't. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, the, my favorite moment lately with those was when like they had Connor McDavid in the freaking room getting ready for the announcements and it was not supposed to be Edmonton that year and he's been the most diplomatic media guy up to that point he knows he's going number one (laughs) and like you you know it's like surely it can't be Edmonton again right and you see like this life kind of like drain out of his face while at the same time trying to like force a smile and you're just like oh 
god like who pulled those strings to make this happen again <laughs> yeah right well i mean i i agree with you keats like at some point this is getting ridiculous because i mean if you remember back in 2017 that's the exact same thing that happened to the colorado avalanche we're oh, fourth yeah. they like, right they had like a historical just terrible year where i mean it was like almost halfway through the season you know well, obviously they're not going to the fucking playoffs this year no and they they get knocked down to fourth and uh this year guess where guess where detroit ends up fourth, fourth. Yeah. yeah you know and i mean uh let's let's talk about uh last season where we had ottawa's first round pick where would we end up fourth, fourth. again yeah. and i was i Cody and i had a conversation off air about it but it's like between you, Ross and Aaron, can you remember when was the last time in one of these lottery lottery drafts a actual like losing team that was desperate for a pick actually got that number one spot? Poor Buffalo fans, man. No, God. that's yeah. a whole other conversation there. We'll get to that. Okay, I think. Like, I mean, I know every team that finishes last wants the number one pick, and it doesn't always work out, and it, it can be disappointing. Three. But yeah, exactly. Jesus, and you get pretty upset when it happens. Um, it's but at least the the silver lining I take on it is like if if this is what keeps happening, stop trying to tank because there's no guarantee. Right. Yeah. Right. Which, uh, which I mean, the Buffalo Sabers have been accused proving that theory time and time yeah, again. Have, and and I mean, the old GM, which I think we're going to get into here in a second, was uh, was actually blamed for just tanking for the sake of Connor McDavid. Yep. But how does how does a team that's competing for a playoff spot? as a consolation prize for not getting into the playoffs, end up with the number one pick. Well, exactly. That's that's right. It's bullshit. So you're going to have, like, another superstar team with another superstar player. Like, they just keep stacking these, like, already winning teams. It'll be like the hockey minute. They said Chicago. Chicago oh, somehow yeah, well, always draws the luck, the lucky stick or the long stick, you know. Yeah. Just a little tinfoil hat. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. No, I'll put that in there. I could see Chicago getting number one. Just. Well, I mean, you look at you look at uh, the the matchups too. I mean, Chicago is going to be playing Edmonton first first go. Oh yeah. You know, and like what a what a what Cinderella thing if uh, Edmonton goes through into the sixteen teams to win, you know. Oh, easily. Oh, and then that, then then you got Chicago right there, just like oh, um, we just kind of fell into this, like you fell into the playoffs. Like, well, I mean, everybody, every like I I gotta I gotta say like everybody's just been. I think everybody I've talked to, I keep saying everybody. I feel like I'm repeating myself. I'm a broken record. Anyways, um, uh, a lot of people that I talk to is just like I mean, okay, so what? Chicago misses the playoffs last year. And it was a huge, just like, how could this have ever even happened? It's the Chicago Blackhawks. You know, you got Patrick Kane. You got Jonathan Taves. You got you got uh, Duncan Keith and Corey Crawford, and they missed the playoffs last year? You can only stay hot for so long. And with those veteran players. Well, I mean, even throughout this season, I, I hear people saying, like, it's just like, well, you know, Chicago really doesn't have a, a, a that good of a team right now. No, they really don't. So do I? Do I ask you? Is the league trying to put 
I mean, some of these teams back into relevancy that have just fallen out of favor. I don't know. You already know my answer. No, I don't. Yes. Oh, okay. (laughs) Daniel, you're you're pondering right there. I am, because I'm thinking back to when I lived in Chicago, and it was like during the late 90s when the Wirtz family thought, hey, if we don't show home games on TV, that means people will come to the home games. Right? That's, that's the kind of thinking I'm, I'm talking about here. So there was definitely a period where Chicago was okay with the hockey team sucking. And it was because in the same arena you had Jordan running show night after night after night. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it's interesting because... I remember moving back to Chicago and one of the greatest playoff series I've ever seen was the Western Conference Finals of the Kings versus the Hawks. And it was like the year the Kings ended up winning the cup. Oh, wow. And I could have I could have watched that as like hockey for the rest of my life. That series was so good. It went to seven games. Alec Martinez scored a, I think, double overtime game winner or something like that. Um, and I was like, wow, this is L.A. and Chicago, and it's an amazing series. And the viewership was off. The, like, they, they saw it. It was like, this is amazing. Yeah. And that was the year that the Rangers on the eastern side of things were also doing really well. And I, I can't remember who they were playing, honestly, but they had a chance to go to the Cup, too. And it just turned out that instead of it being like New York and Chicago, it was L.A. and somebody else. I need a fact checker right now. L.A. and New York. It was L.A. and New York. So, like, I was like, wow, this works out so well for the NHL. What drama. You you know, know, like, this is perfect. Like, the, the three biggest cities in the nation, like, duking it out. And you see the viewership and you're like, wow, it's still, it's great like in hockey terms but not in sport terms and you're like this needs to keep happening in order for the sport to grow and i love hockey and i want the sport to grow right but i i don't want it at the cost of like it being fair and all of these conspiracies that it might be rigged and stuff but uh it's 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 what they want the sport to be and they're looking at all the ways to grow it so i wouldn't put it past the idea that this could happen and why you asked that question. Yeah. You know? Well, that's why I pose it too. I mean, it's, it seems a little, uh, you know, on the, on the border of possibly a little corrupt. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But I really like, uh, just like you, Daniel, I want to, I want to really think that, that that's just the luck of the draw. I, I hope yeah. so. Yeah. I love the salary cap. I think it's really helped make teams more competitive. I was doing this random thing the other day where it was like, look at basketball and they, they do this thing, but almost every round of basketball, it's like usually the first round matchups are like a slam dunk for one team over the other. And like you see upsets all the time in hockey in the first round. You see Columbus beating Tampa Bay. That was never supposed to happen. Carolina beating Washington. What right. is going on? And you realize that it's because the league is competitive and you put any two teams against each other for a best of seven 
stuff can happen. Oh yeah, you know, and you that's it. what I love about the sports. So. Absolutely, and uh, that's a huge thing about the Eastern Conference this year. When when it really came down to it, I mean, there were teams that were that had more points than the Western uh, Western Conference. I mean, into the playoffs, teams. Oh, you yeah, know, yep. the, the Eastern. Uh, like I was really impressed because. My dad and I, we have like a parody where it's just like, oh yeah, the West is so much tougher than the East, and it's almost it's it's pretty. I mean, you can see that almost every year, but I mean, this year like the East really just brought everything. And I I was you know I I mean obviously I'd watch Avs games, I'd watch as many Western Conference games, but I was really I was really tied to the East because it was so tight and so competitive, and I loved seeing that. Yeah, it was a constant battle, and that's usually what you would see in the West, like, for the longest time, because my dad and I would always talk about that, too, like, not even kidding. It's like how the West was just a more dominant, you know, it was a more dominant actual... Well, like, it used to be that, like, that, uh, you know... um Pacific, uh, Pacific, you know, L.A., Anaheim, oh, yeah. uh, San Jose trip, uh, you would just get your your, your feathers You dreaded. Yeah. Like, if you even came out with a point out of that, out of that, like, uh, Pacific road trip, you'd be lucky. But now you're almost kind of thinking, well, can we get back out to the West? Yeah, they're you rebuilding. Know? It's yeah. all right. You're like, you're sitting out here in the East and you're getting pummeled by... Like a lot, like the Carolina Hurricanes, especially the Hurricanes, man. Every time I've uh, I've watched the Hurricanes, I think I mean maybe this uh, yeah this ain't gonna be a very hard fought game, and every single time I'm wrong. Oh yeah, no, they pummel you. Which I I I, I enjoy seeing, and which uh, reminded me of what you just said, Daniels. I mean, the parity in the league is starting to get more competitive, which is great, but then you've got this <laughs> kind of uh upside down entry draft uh i mean yeah. it's it's confusing so yeah i mean like everyone not everyone i'm just generalizing but it's hard for someone to get into the game of football like you sit down and you're like wait a minute they're showing the replay the eighth time and it's like oh but you need to understand what a catch is and what isn't a catch yeah and it's like, but can you explain it to me? It's like, well, yeah, but do you have five minutes? Because that's how long it takes. And it's like, you kind of need this unofficial degree in order to understand football and how crazy it's gotten. And it's like, uh, man, I don't want to see that kind of situation happen with hockey where it gets like weird with these drafts and the rules and like hard for people to understand. Like it should just from a logical point of view that I'm having as as a fan, I just don't see how you can let a team that's competing for the playoffs still possibly get the number one pick. You just can't let that happen to your sport. I mean, there there was like I'd I'd say like maybe what one percent chance for someone to get uh, the top the top first dra- uh, draft pick if we just had the sixteen team playoff as usual. Hmm. You know. And then now, you know, first guy out the playoffs, they're like, "Hey, buddy, um, good, good luck, uh, good trying, trying in the playoffs, though." But here, here's a first round draft pick yeah. for you. Here's a consolation. Here's Alexis Lafreniere. Uh, gonna... you know? <laughs> uh, by the way, like, I think one of my favorite things about hockey, with especially the playoffs, is like, so he's out with a lower body injury, which could literally mean anything below the lower body. So it's kind of like <laughs> at the last part of this covid bubble playoff scenario it's like 
wait a minute. So you're down in the playoff like race and you're sitting your top two. Line. Yeah, they got COVID. Don't worry about it. Like, yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> Lafreniere, what? What? Well, he's got a, he's got a whole body injury. <laughs> yeah, uh, like those guys, they're they're real hurting. I mean, they couldn't even get out of their uh, hotel bed. So you know, I think we'll just sit this one out. Um, get them next year. Yeah, you know, I mean, you uh, you don't want that looking at it, but I mean, uh, you uh, you also look at like teams like Chicago and uh, the Montreal Canadian, who literally eked into the playoffs. Yep. Yeah, you got you got these memes coming around where you know you're on the you're on the metal step stool, and they're all ex- um, they're all super stoked about how they just got onto the metal podium and they they're like 24 teams, uh, the last one of 24 teams. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, you had a good run, but I, I Montreal right now is just not gonna. Make Do you it guys either. remember though when Yaroslav Halak stood on his head for Montreal? in the early 2000s and they got way further than they should have yes and like that's the kind of thing that's interesting about teams like montreal or chicago where patrick king can stick handle in a phone booth man that guy is insane like his hands are butter so like these are game changing players and you give them the right situation that's why Chicago can do well in a three-on-three overtime format during the year. Oh, well, or you put people in a shootout and you have padded Kate. It's like, well, that's a goal. Just put the green check mark in the top left corner already. Forget it. For, you know, you know so, let's just go home. It's going to be a goal. <laughs> it's interesting. Like, I will never discount Pittsburgh or Washington or Chicago or Montreal because these teams all have world-class players that we can see – go to another level and take over come playoff time, you know? So it's exciting. Do some teams in it deserve to be in it based on their current season performance? Personally, I don't think so. That's my personal opinion, but I am stoked to see the Canucks back in it. I'm stoked to see the Hawks back in it because I love chirping my buddies about that. And, oh yeah, you know it's it's fun to see the teams you like in it. So um, I mean it's great, and I, and um, I think I was I was actually talking to kids about this off air uh, yesterday. Is that like um, you you kind of got to give uh, you know Gary Bettman and Bill uh, Bill Daly some some uh, some thumbs up you know i mean they've been working really hard to do this and they actually figured out a semi-fair way to really make these playoffs somewhat legit you know well and and i mean honestly if you're getting to the legit part also kind of exciting too yeah because you've got a lot of teams that are on the outside looking in and they have a chance to just go to possibly win the hardest trophy to win in all sports the yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, let's uh let's let's switch gears because we're gonna talk about one of these teams that just that got snuffed for a, a really awesome draft pick. We're talking about the Buffalo Sabers. There has been a fire sale in Buffalo. I mean, it's uh, uh we'll talk about it. I mean, there's there's almost revolutions from the Buffalo Sabers fans just standing up and saying we won't take this anymore so let's talk about the sabers boys yeah man uh sabers have been struggling for quite quite some time 
I mean, we're we're talking a few years. It's like it, it seems like they've been on the rebuilding stage. Getting close quotations, to a decade. Uh, for yeah, for God knows how long. Yeah. I mean, I I remember the Sabers were kind of in a hard spot. Uh, the, there were talks about them being relocated and things like that, and then the Pagula family came along. Yeah. I believe it was uh, around 2011. Yep. And that was uh, – it wasn't just the Sabres, right? It was a whole different – it was they basically bought everything in Buffalo. So the Bills Keep and in Buffalo. Yep. Yeah. whatever yeah. the yeah. hell else came with that. you got a great yep. fan base. You just can't piss them off. Cause oh, then, no. no. That, that's that's one thing. And you can freaking uh, listen to, like, you know, news channels, whatever. Like, when I talk about Buffalo, that, that is pro- probably one of the number of things that always gets mentioned is how passionate that fan base is over there. Um you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, actually, um, what's kind of interesting, like, is they, they do these polls where it's like, what's the most passionate fan base? And it's weird. Like, I don't have the article to back this up, but I'll find it. And the reality, the point I want to make is like Buffalo Sabres fans are always near the top. Oh yeah, I don't. I gotta give that franchise a lot of credit. You guys, like you Sabres fans, have been through a lot, and my my heart goes out to you. Of course, like any team, I want to see win a cup, and you know the no goal and all. You guys have been through some stuff, and I mean, I had a '94 Game Seven loss, then a 2011 Game Seven loss, and. We've rioted, and we've seen the rebuild take forever, but it's actually happening now. Yeah, Buffalo didn't get that. Like, no positive. Or, no. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people that are, like, probably, like, here, here, but there's been some bright spots. And, yeah, like, Jack Eichel signing for a long time is a huge win for you guys, and that guy is generational talent. Like, it, like any other draft that he's not going up against. Well, and uh, let's just the speed and the skill that he's he brings. So good. Oh god. You know, so he's locked in for a long time on that deal and now you're seeing him be like I hate losing. Well, that's And what it's it, like crap. No, Uh-oh. I was going to say and let's talk about Jack Eichel cuz uh I mean, what was it like 3 weeks ago or so? He was very vocal on social yep. media yep. how much he's sick of losing. He's been there for 5 years. You know, bottom of the barrel every single time. You know, you have the superstar just like just sitting there, like crying out for help. No one's helping. People constantly just like coaches after coaches. You know, like everything. Everyone's getting fired. I mean, the whole. You know, we'll get into that here in a little bit. But the whole O'Reilly situation. I think that was what really like kind of started sparking the media attention. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like because O'Reilly was very vocal about it too. Well, you know, the, well, that's huge. I mean, when you when you have these incredibly talented hockey players being vocal about how much they do not enjoy playing in a in a city, it's 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 hurting your reputation. And I mean, the Avalanche have gone through it. I mean, uh, uh, Montreal's gone through it. Toronto's gone through it. I mean, big big city, uh, big city, and big fan base cities will go through this. Oh yeah, I mean most. 
most normal teams, and I'm not saying Buffalo's <laughs> not normal by any means, you know, you typically, I mean, Avs went through this phase. And it's typically, what, like three-ish years or so, maybe longer. You would hope. Right. And, you and, would hope. And, and, it's and, not this long. No. And you t- it typically, like, all right, they're starting to figure it out, you yeah. know? Because, like, we went back, like, we talked about episodes ago, everyone bitched at Sackick. Yeah, he's the fucking worst. I mean, he's the, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's running this yeah. team to the ground. Winded was a better captain than a president or yeah. right. Oh, yeah. When, exactly. when, yeah. when in, yeah. Right, when, in fact, uh, now Holy we know Sackick so had a plan this whole time. And probably in his head is like, just watch, guys. Yeah. I got this. Yeah. But just here, here we are on Buffalo. You know, they're they're in year whatever, and it's like almost a not decade. even not one like. I mean, Eichel was like, yay, <laughs> but you know, even O'Reilly, but like, well, and also, but not, they never did anything. Yeah, with it. I know there's anything. people screaming at us though, being like, but we got really unlucky in the lotteries, and you have. Oh yeah, you have. Uh, that's but. that's why we bring this up yeah. is because you have been toasted in some lotteries for sure. But Eichel was also like excited because he was going to be the face of the team oh, sure. and like turn everything around, kind of like Ryan O'Reilly in that sense. But they got such a bad taste in their mouth now. Right, that's the same thing. It's, it's, it's just like, oh this, my god, how how this kicks me back to kind of like, and this is not a hockey reference at all, but this kicks me back to the NBA with Christoph Porzingis with, uh, with the New York Knicks. Oh, to the uh, supposedly he was the face of it, but oh yeah, how messy that whole you know, GM same sort of situation where he was like, "Fuck it, trade me." You trade me right now, anywhere, because <laughs> I am not going to deal with this shit anymore. And this is, they're very close with Eichel. To that same situation, in my opinion, you know, if they don't do something right now, they're gonna they're gonna lose him. You know, we're getting and and they, I guess we're getting in this whole GM situation now too. You know, you got Darcy Rieger, who was the GM, and I got let go about six years ago. I don't know if there's anyone between, but I'll also you know every everyone that's talked about right now, J- Jason Botterill, you know. Um, I think where he dug himself a hole was in the whole O'Reilly situation. Absolutely, um, he didn't handle the situation correctly, oh, and I no, and I think, and I think the Pagula family was like, you know, there was talks like he's safe, he's safe, but obviously they had different plans, and now we have Kevin <laughs> Adams. Um, but keep in mind, though, um, and this has been talked about in every other news. None of these people have any GM experience whatsoever. That's that's a whole other thing that people are furious about. It's like they keep, you know, promoting all these people within. I mean, I, I guess not really Jason Batterall because Jason Batterall was like an assistant GM for Pittsburgh, if I remember. Yeah. And he okay. was highly recommended, like, ah, oh, this he's going to be a good dude. This is going to be the guy, basically. Obviously, it didn't work out. <laughs> so, so now we have Kevin, Kevin Adams. Um, which, you know, from what I hear right now, you know, it's only been like a week, if that. He's what's, – what's nice about Kevin is, yeah, he doesn't have, you know, I guess the GM experience, but he's an ex-NHLer. And he knows, like, the hockey player language, per se. He knows how to go and talk to the guys. He understands the locker room. He probably knows how to talk to a coach, correct? You know, so he can I, – I mean, I'm, I'm, putting, I'm putting a dollar on him. You know, I th- I think he can probably do something. Just um, schmooze a couple people, you know. Regardless, the whole situation's messy. You I, know, yeah. 
Well, the thing is, is that um, uh, I obviously with this entry draft stuff, uh, we we saw him after after that the the night of the entry draft entry draft uh, you know unveiling, and you know he's saying all the right things. You know he's he's looking. You know, he's saying positive things. He's looking really, uh, really chipper and all that. But, I mean, how how far is that going to go? Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, you, like a president, you know. He, he tells you everything you want to hear before elections. And then once you're, like, deep into it, it's it's a whole different story. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, time will tell. My my opinion is, uh, number one thing he needs to do is he needs to focus on Eichel. Oh, he, yeah. needs to, he needs to get a hold of the guy. He needs to talk to him and and figure out what his vision is and what kind of help he needs and kind of kind of try to figure out from there um and then this is i guess also where we kind of you know jump into the their dra- lottery draft pick so they're eight so what it, what is what what does this mean for buffalo right now can they get a good pick a good help with eichel um from that pick probably not uh, what are your guys' opinions? I'd trade. I'd trade the pick. I was oh, gonna. Easily. I was gonna say the same thing. Easily. Get rid of the pick. Maybe add someone that you can from from what you got. I don't get fucking send Gergensons. I don't care. <laughs> oh, you, you just, <laughs> let me in love. You just you, you just want to see Zimgins, uh, Simgins in, in like a better uh, hockey market. You know what, man? Honestly, I think Gergensons has maybe like a year in him, and he's gonna be retired, fucking living the good life with his wife. Uh, I don't. I don't think he, deep down inside, I. I. I don't think there's that spark anymore within him. Um, you think that's from playing in Buffalo? Maybe I don't know. Um, so I mean, they've got Eichel for a long time, right? Obviously. Yeah. And do they need young talent on Buffalo? Yeah, because they just need anything. So well, check it's this like, well, do you trade the eighth round pick and the prospect for the ability to compete more in the now? Is is Buffalo like better to compete in the next two years with who they have, or or is or do you weather the storm with Eichel and then spend the next? I mean, who three four years building that team? Who, I I don't know the right answer there. Uh, I do know that Martin St. Louis went undrafted and is a two time Art Ross champion. That's so true. like, you know. I mean, trade the pick. Don't trade the pick. I think it's more like the message of trading would be we're competing more now. Well, think yeah. about think about this. All right, um, you've got uh, Rasmus Dahlin. You got Rasmus Ristolainen. Yeah. You have Sam Reinhart, Jeff Skinner, and uh, Jack Eichel. Skinner's questionable too. You, well, the thing is, that they're still relatively young. So you've got the yeah. young. You've got you're, the young. You're making a good point here. And I mean, they traded off Marco Scandella, which could have been a very, a very good, uh, uh, you know, just a defensive mind for Risto and Darlene to learn from. I mean, Marco Scandella, obviously, he wasn't Mister uh, um, Norris defenseman every single year, but I mean, the man's made a gigantic career out of on, on the blue line. Oh yeah, and they give him away. So what? So all right, you've got you've got an entire young elite backed by two goaltenders, Linus Olmark, and oh, why am I forgetting his uh, 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 dude's other name? Um, I think it was uh, the goaltender from um, Nashville that got traded over there, not oh. Soros, but the one before that. But anyways, you I mean you've got you've got a solid uh, Carter Hutton. Yes. 
Thank you, Carter Hutton. That's it. Yes, I mean Carter. He's put up. He's put up good numbers. Linus. I mean, he's. I mean, yeah. You might want to take a look at maybe shopping a goaltender uh, on down the line. But right now, you actually have a decent core. So mm-hmm. what? Where's the problem here? And this is this is kind of where uh, it leads me into my point about Buffalo, is you need to change the culture in Buffalo. How many I... other players have have been there, and how many players that uh, that play there now that have come out willingly and said, "I don't want to play here." You've got Ryan O'Reilly. Think about Ryan O'Reilly. This man eats, breathes, and sleeps ice hockey. Now, the the man loves playing ice hockey. And then uh, uh, one year, one year in Buffalo, he he comes out right and says, I, I was thinking about never playing hockey again. Uh, when you make a man who literally loves ice hockey like Ryan O'Reilly to say that he's willing to quit because of where he's at, that's ridiculous. I mean, you've you've heard it from uh, Rasmus Ristolainen. Uh, like several times, there's always the last two years. There has been incredible amounts of rumors about him being unhappy and out, outward saying in Finnish press that he does not like playing in Buffalo. What's happening? You know, I mean, there's got to be an underlying factor here. I mean, you've got a lot of very talented hockey players in this locker room, but yet something is happening here that is holding them back, and I think it's the culture. Someone needs to stand up in that locker room and, hey, we're not going to do this anymore. Let's get back to playing hockey the way we loved it. Why we play hockey, and I don't know what that is, you know. I'm not inside that locker room, but uh, my my uh, entire opinion is based on the culture. Something's got to be done. And if it's uh, if the answer is Kevin Adams, I mean, uh, I, I've been, you know, reading up on, up on him ever since Keith said, hey, let's talk about some Buffalo. I mean, yeah, he's been in almost every other hockey setting, you know, been a player, been in uh, player development, you know, all this. But, I mean, at some point, he's got to come in, he's got to go into that room and say, what's going on here? We need to get, we need to get these roots out. And I mean, if it's, I mean, if it's negative hockey players or, you know, I don't know what it is. Yeah. But no. uh, it, to me, it's the culture. Yeah. I like your point, Cody. I, I hope you're right, and I hope that's why they hired Kevin Adams. Yeah. For his ability to make a cultural change in that locker room. Because yeah. I think you're right. I think I think he's – I mean, like I, like I mentioned before, obviously Eichel's number one for him. Talk to him, figure out what's going on. But but not only – but when it, after that, it's just like you literally – you talk to every single player. You talk about his concerns, what he would want – you know what he's happy about, what he's not happy about, and just literally, you know, I, I, I make some sort of a list or something. Is like, and then you go to the owners or whoever, whoever, just like, hey, I talked to all the players of the team. This is what we got, and yeah. this is what people hate, and this is what people, you know, would want to see it change in. And you work from there. You have you get some sort of a meeting together from there. And and you just fucking sit down and just fucking dish it out. And that's well, it. that's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I say by uh, changing the culture, man. You've got you. You're coming in here with you know a bit of a, sh- a sinking ship, but I oh, mean yeah. you've got talent. You have talent on the defensive end, the offensive end, and and even on the goal uh, the goalie end. Easily. I mean, and our top eight is not a bad pick either. 
but I mean, it's it's clearly it's clear uh, like it's clear. I mean, uh, the last two years they've started out incredible. You know, I mean, top of the uh, top of the Damn, Eastern yeah. Conference. The last right. two years, like they just shot out of a cannon out of the game. Yeah, last they two already years. had the afterburners on. They just yeah. shot out of. Well, that I cannon. mean, for uh, I mean the, that year after the Avs did it, and you know uh, made the playoffs after their like awful season. They uh, they were gonna say they were saying that the Buffalo Sabers were the next year. Abs. I wanted them to be that dark so horse. Did, team, yeah, you know, you know, I, I mean, uh, Sabers fans, you deserve it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, they've been they've been uh, they've been with them ever since. But uh, that, and that's why it always leads me back to the culture. Yeah, yeah if, it's interesting what you say. If you don't mind me interrupting, because like I think what's cool about what you're bringing to the table here is like. So you've mentioned a lot of young players and we know from other situations happening in the world right now that like when there's something that isn't in agreement, you either like do something because you're nervous and you react the way everybody else does, or you look to leadership to tell you if what just happened is right or wrong. And the way change is made is when the leadership steps up and says like, no, that wasn't right. We don't tolerate that. And so I like... Uh, your point about like you know talk to the players you you were saying that as well um keats is like talk to the players and figure out what they want but at the same time you need to set the standard from the leadership within the team about what is and isn't okay so these are young guys they're they can make their own rules, but they need the guidance of, of these older veteran players mm-hmm. and, and these, these GMs and management that are willing to like say, no, this is the way things are going to be. And I think that combination will really help bring about that change. So maybe they take that eighth pick and uh, they, they give it to a team that's willing to sell the farm for a run next year, and they get some veteran leadership in that locker room. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, to change the culture. And that's, that's why I said, yeah, sell that eighth pick and uh, bring in a guy that's got maybe three or four years left to really start to shape that, uh, that community in Buffalo mm-hmm. and really find a, a, like a, a less toxic identity. Is Brian yeah. Gionta still available? <laughs> I think he's done. I mean, like <laughs> right. he made that he made that a uh, big. He comeback. tried that for he, Buffalo, with, uh, I think. Well, he with did. Boston, yeah. it was with Boston, yeah. Because I remember that was uh, that was when they were in the, uh, in the finals uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, bo- uh, yeah, Gianta came back. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm playing. Like, yeah, especially back in the Stanley Cup. I mean, Boston, come on. But yeah, I mean, like that's what I would get. You know, I'd go out and get a character guy like Brian Gianta with a, uh, at least a little bit of mileage ba- still on. And I mean, you could, you, you could probably package it, it, it in with, you know, maybe somebody else. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, throw a Joe Thornton in there. Yeah. Oh, God, he has no. a year or so. Well, left that, in that guy needs his cup. Like they should just give him one soon. Man. Just let him hold it. You know, like, like there talking you go. about new COVID rules, <laughs> just allow some team to still be able to sign Joe Thornton when the finals are figured hey, out. Hey, no one can do what the Avs did, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> I uh I totally disagree. <laughs> I totally disagree. I mean, uh, Joe Thornton, you know, you've had so many you have had so many chances and I feel for you, bud, but I mean, that guy's that guy's on his last leg. I like he's got he signed that, that one last year. With San Jose, and you really but, think San Jose is going to go anywhere next year? Here's the thing, though, man. It, it's not even. I don't think it's even like 
so much like the playing, just having like a voice in that locker yeah, room. And true. I guarantee you he has that. Yeah, he does. Yeah, Joey Thornton does have that. I'll give you yeah, that. You know what I mean? Right. Where he can fucking lit a, lit a fire under these kids' asses and but holy shit, yeah, <laughs> you know? And that's kind of, you know, um, I hate to bring it back to the Colorado Avalanche, but it was the same thing that happened with Duchesne and uh, Nathan McKinnon. That was the exact same thing. I mean, there was always this just, like, unknown toxic environment. It was clear because, I mean, it, it it shown in the play on the ice and everything. And as soon as Duchesne gets traded, look at this. Mac just lights on fire. Yeah, weight you was know? lifted somehow. Well, I mean, there's, uh, like, uh, you know, some guys are just toxic in the uh, locker room. Yeah, I'm just you know? being smart. But, but yeah, but I mean, maybe I'm just like you know I'm looking looking for more reasoning. No, no, there is guys that are you know they're additives and also well, they add something to the team and they you know do negative stuff for the team. Yeah, it's either it's a positive thing or a negative thing. Well, yeah, right now the Buffalo Sabers they're just like spandex. Looks good on paper, but when you pop those babies on, <laughs> you better watch out. Easy. <laughs> so, do you think Eichel says a comment like he said if there's already that leadership in the locker room? There, there's a question. You know, that's a good. Yeah, I mean, uh, where, where, where's his head at? Head at? It feels like we're only like not only talking about, but the big reason we're talking about it is because of Eichel's comments. Yeah. You know? So it's like, man, like we we still had a glimmer of hope, and now you said that it's like, oh. Now we got to really think about this. Well, I mean that that can also call into question. I mean Eichel's leadership skills. Right, he could be a Deshane in the locker room. Yeah, I mean I I honestly uh, I would have never named him captain in the first place. I mean that's just I mean that's how uh, that's how I look at it. I mean I can see his attitude. Just I mean I mean maybe just shooting from the hip here. I don't think he's the guy that'll stand up in the locker room and really you know. That'll uh, give them give them that extra go, you know. Yeah. No, good point, man. And uh, who knows? Maybe maybe he is the problem of it all. As we're like focusing around him this whole time. Yeah, digging in deeper now. I'm sure. Like, I'm sure. Like people uh, that are listening are like, baby, it's fucking Eichel. Say it already, God and damn I w- it. I wish I, w- I wish I was best buds with Zemgus so I could just like I was like, tell me. Give me all what the, happens in that fucking locker room? Give me all the needy greedy. That would be well, you know, and that's uh, that would always put like play an interesting part about it. I I mean, you know, to be a fly in that wall right now would solve all of this. I mean, we wouldn't spend so many fucking hours talking about it or whatever. But I mean, I I, I love talking about it. But I mean, maybe it is. Maybe it is Jack. That's. That's something to ponder about. Maybe he needs a uh, kick in the ass. And I and I honestly thought when they signed uh, Ralph Kruger to a head coach, I mean, uh, obviously, you know, I'm I'm a huge fan of Team Sweden, and I mean, a lot of international days, Ralph Kruger has been the guy and has uh, taken the t- uh, taken the international team really far. So I was really stoked when I actually heard that Ralph Kruger was coming in, especially around the time where Rasmus Dahlin was coming into the league like that's going to be perfect for him oh, you know easily, having a dude. swedish coach with a you know a young gun like like uh rasmus and so um maybe maybe ralph is just that's uh ralph is just sitting on his back and letting uh jack eichel just control this team 
what, just kind of sitting, like, backseating the skis, just like, oh, let's see how this goes, like going a, down a hill. Well, that's, a, that's another idea, you know, I, and I mean, but all I got to say is, you know, like what what I said, uh, Jack Eichel just does not seem to be the guy that'll step up, you know, maybe uh, three goals down, third period, like uh, uh, second intermission saying, hey, boys, we can still win this one. Let's get let's get out there and get some jam going. You know, I just don't see it. And you, and you also see Jeff Skinner doing that more often than not between Carolina and also Buffalo, where he just gets those just last minute goals because he's just stepping up getting in the position and just being there right in that right moment. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, yeah, you, you've seen it in Carolina, and you uh, you saw it in the earlier uh, part of the Buffalo Sabres season last year. It's like uh, Jeff Skinner can take a hold of a game, but, I mean, what happens What happens when nobody's taking a hold of a game? Like, who's, no. who's out there saying, somebody better step up, bud? I, yeah. I just don't see anyone doing that. I mean... The thing, I like why we're talking about this and the way we're talking about it with Buffalo and Eichel and leadership because uh, I'm just looking this up right now. Jack Eichel's 23 years old, okay? You're asking, like, a guy who's 23 years old to put a team on his back and, like, carry him to the promised land. Like, maybe he can, and we've seen that with, phenoms and superstars and Jack Eichel is a generational talent. He got drafted behind another generational talent, Connor McDavid. Yeah. Right. Like he's so good. So he is still young enough. Like what I'm getting at is like we're in the critical period of Jack Eichel's leadership development as a player. Absolutely. And you will see him step into that role. I That guy is competitive. You see him score goals. He loves scoring goals, and he loves his team winning. He wants to be that guy. So I hope he is thinking about what he said and realizing, like, that was more of a slip than, like, this is the player I want to end up turning into. Mainly frustration. You don't want those guys on your team. You know, like you have to remember there's got to be an ear in his head telling him like what team wants a player in a leadership role saying what you just said. So think about it, you know, and learn from it. So I think he will. He's 23. The guy is like one of the best players the USA has ever seen. They need him in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. So I think it'll happen. Absolutely. Uh, Keats, you got anything to add at this uh, very last minute? No, man, I th- I, th- I think we covered a good – all of it, really, not even a good portion. Um, oh, no, we dug deep. I think let's just, you know, give it a couple of weeks, see where everything goes, how uh, Kevin Adams handles, yeah. you know, the whole situation from now on with the lottery draft picks and everything else. And if there's anything new, we'll definitely talk about it. Oh, absolutely. Well, uh Daniel, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. I thought it was a very uh, healthy conversation. Appreciate it. Ross, you want to say, give any shout-outs? Well, I mean, just to Daniel, I mean, you've been a peach. <laughs> you've been a peach. It's been great to talk to you. Um, Thanks for the yeah. hockey uh, talk. I appreciate it. I mean, is there anything else besides you that we want to add with, like, Seattle or anything with, Oh, like... that's right. Actually, uh, the, we'll, we'll just do this one real quick. 
We'll do this one real quick. Uh, Jeff Bezos announced that they had bought the naming rights to uh, the Seattle NHL Arena, and they're going to call it Climate Pledge. Uh, there. What a clean name! Oh yeah, they're gonna. They will be pledging to be the greenest ice rink in the NHL. They're supposed to be carton like a non-carbon rink. Guys, yeah. Seattle's going to be skating on rainwater. Oh, well, I thought that was illegal to collect rainwater. No. At least here in Colorado. No, no it's possible. Uh, well, no, it is legal out here now. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Well, I Will it be free-range range, rainwater? Free-range rainwater? That <laughs> depends on, on how you test it. A lot of gutters easy. and shit. There's, like, leaves and stuff stuck in the ice. Well, we'll see what the EPA has to say about this. You guys know (laughs) that, like, the year after the Hawks won the Cup, they were selling ice from the United Center from that year. And it was like, you bottled water and (laughs) sold it, like, as the ice. They put them in pucks now. I I hope someone listening has this, and it's like, it's the best $15 I've ever spent. They spend 80 bucks on that. smart water, but damn. Oh, God, it's like... This is the best money that I spent. It's signed. It's eighty dollars plus. This is like, better than a centia. Good job. So He's, what's so what's the the rink's gonna be like? They're skating on rainwater. I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, it's literally supposed to be like a non-carbon like rink. Yeah. Basically, extra everything's pure. made out of carbon. That, I don't that's understand. what I was about to get, dude. <laughs> my man. They're like, we're not going to produce it. Well, you just made it. Uh, yeah, no. You get excited. Are your players going to be robots? Like, <laughs> how can it be a carbon? So yeah. here we go. I no, can, they I can, have Kraken. I'm kidding. I can quote an article. The top line the egg. assembly line. Kraken egg, kids. So this is basically what Bezos says. Instead of calling it Amazon Arena, we're naming it Climate Pledge Arena as a regular reminder of the urgent need to climate... For climate action, Bezos writes, "I will be the fir- It will be the first net zero carbon c- certified arena in the world, generated zero waste from operations and events, and use reclaimed rainwater <laughs> in the ice system to create the greatness in the NHL." So basically, it's just you know, all it's, it's- like green. You it, know, it's the Sun I, Chips bag of NHL arenas, basically. So God. they found a way to capture the hot air out of Bezos's mouth and capture it again as rainwater. Oh my God! Well, he's, God it's no, the humidity. I'm, it's the humidity. I'm kidding. As, you know, <laughs> you guys have all been to an Avs game where they like turn the lights off or something for the intermission with Excel to like remind us about energy or something. Do they yeah. do that here? I know they do yeah. that. They oh, did yeah. that in Vancouver a lot. And I love that. And good for them for doing that. But like, no, honestly, all, jo- sh- all jokes. Down is- our throats, no, you know? I don't think it's, it's, it's good. Right. All jokes aside, it is a cool idea. And I'm yeah. sure I mean, as, as time goes by, there's probably going to be more and more arenas that kind of switch oh, to certain things like that. And, uh, and, uh, Seattle might be like the first one, like to try this shit out and see if it actually um, works. <laughs> and also, the technology is so much better than it was nowadays. So you can do whatever you want with it. You can get solar panels, all that stuff. Right. And yeah, just basically be carbon free, I guess. But that's cool. No, good for them, man. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it, I guess it's just like a unique 
way oh, to get their it. name out there and be like, look at us, you know. I mean, if this, anyone's this gonna do like a, a carbon zero or neutral or whatever that official marketing branded trademark term they said was like be like he's got enough money to do whatever he wants oh so god show and us how to do this well and be an example for other arenas and that's, that's your goal basil yeah for real and maybe you know pay your workers a little bit yeah, more money maybe yeah, as we're using all this equipment we ordered from amazon prime member right. baby <laughs> thanks jeff anyways um yeah, uh, so if you're expecting a Seattle nickname, to, you get away a, a lot. lot. Yeah, it see, has to be something green now. Oh, obviously, yeah. It's going to be the greenest ice drink in, uh, in Seattle NHL, Recycles. So. Yeah, <laughs> the, Seattle, the Seattle Recycle. Which band. is true. They're picking fucking a player from each team or whatever. So they're, you yeah. know, kind of recycling. Oh, yeah. They're so that's going green, right? Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> the, the line that gets the most assists is the assembly line. <laughs> they're, they're recycling. The assembly line. Oh, my God. They're taking God. everyone's shitty players that You've they don't want. tic-tac-toe. We're talking A to Z here. <laughs> well, that's beauty, boys. I, I, think, I think we could wrap this one up, eh? Absolutely. Yeah, all right, Daniel, you want to say thank you to anyone? Just to you guys for having me on, and especially on Canada Day, to be able to talk hockey, drink beers, and shoot the breeze with you guys has been excellent. So thanks to you guys and uh, the hockey community for listening. It's a, It's been a great podcast, and I'm, I'm glad to be a testament of someone who listens turning into someone on the show because it's, it's been fun and wild and a great time, so I appreciate it. Oh hell yeah! Well, thank you for coming on, and thank you all the for all the work, like the uh, jerseys on the bench video that came out today. Sick video, by yeah. the way. If if uh, I don't have service in my building, if so. <laughs> <laughs> if no one if no one's seen before, please go to our Facebook page uh, on the bench of beaks. Uh, Daniel has a brand new jerseys on the bench video. Click you our, don't want to miss. Click our link tree. You'll find everything there. Ross, you want to say uh, thanks to anybody, bud? I'm, I mean, just thanks to all the listeners and just everybody that's come on, like Daniel. I mean, it's been great opportunities to just talk about hockey and just different aspects. So, thank you. How about you there, Keetzer? Just thanks to everyone, of course, and uh, big shout-out to My Beer Nation. New stickers on the way for all the fans. Yes, indeed. That we're nice. wondering. Um, and also, Dog Nation. Uh, Dog Nation's having a, a big, big upcoming month. Uh, Dog Bowl. We'll talk about that more in maybe upcoming episodes. Yep. Uh, 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 July 30th through August 2nd, they're hosting their annual ice hockey tournament. If you guys got teams out there that want to sign up, just go to dognationhockey.org. Uh, all of it comes, all of it goes to an incredible, incredible cause, and you get to play some puck. And uh, you know what? Um, we'll be there. We'll be bugging people for interviews and, uh, you know, drinking a couple of beers ourselves. So um, and then also big, uh, big ups to my beer nation as well. Uh, uh, thank you for reminding me once again, Keats, uh, the man, uh, the man, Dan Williams. Uh, he's always throwing down some awesome stickers for us. So we couldn't be more happy and more uh, grateful for that. So. Uh, on top of that, uh, thank you for everybody who listens, and I think we're going to say goodbye. So, uh, V Horsch. Goodbye, guys. Till next time. Auf Wiedersehen.
Aviento. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, baby. Here we go. Later, guys. See ya.